What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Jones, and we got another good week for you. We got the Final Four coming up this weekend. We're in the final stretch of the NBA regular season. Things really heating up. The sports world, it's almost playoff time for two of the four majors. We're closing out March Madness. Um, Masters week next week. It's going to be, uh, or two weeks. Two weeks, second week in April. Two yes, weeks. Yes, so the Masters tees off uh, like the, nine days from now, next yes. Thursday. Yeah, so we'll, we'll preview that next week. Um, but this week we got the final four. We'll have the national championship game on Monday. Um, obviously, the Cinderella story St. Peter's ended this weekend. Um, North Carolina handled business. Uh, North Carolina, now the only non one or two seed in the final four, uh, they'll play Duke. Great rivalry ACC matchup in the late game on Saturday night. Two seed Duke. First ever meeting in the tournament. Which seems crazy to me, but I feel like most of the time they're in opposite sides. Yeah. It's like the NCAA has been hoping for 50 years that they'd meet in the finals. Right. Yes, exactly. But it never never happens. They're very rarely like. I mean, they're always good, and maybe this is something that's more recent in the last, like, you know, 15, 20 years, but it feels like they're very rarely, like, one of, like, both in, like, the top five, like, both two true title contenders. They might both go far in the tournament, you know, they might both make the Elite Eight, but, like, you know, one of them came in as the 23rd team in the country, and the other one's number two, you know? Right. I, I feel like they're very rarely both the best, like, two of the best like three or four teams in the country and make it far in the tournament you know it's just and it's the same this year duke is one of the best teams in the country and probably the most talented team in the country i think that that part is pretty unarguable but they're young and they're inconsistent but north carolina i mean they have talent but they're they came in as you know not they're an eight seed you know right i think they were low seeded you know based on inconsistency early on they're probably they probably should have been like talent wise a, a three, four, five seed. But um still, I mean, you know, this is another example of that. They're not they're not supposed to be here. No, not at all. And I mean, yeah, that is gonna be a super cool matchup. That's one of the best rivalries in college basketball, obviously. You know, one of these games, one of these next two, if they whether they make it or if they lose on Saturday is gonna be Coach K's last game. So um it's obviously yeah, not Roy Williams. Like, but we, we got <laughs> maximum two games left of Coach K. Yeah. Um, best case scenario, two games. Obviously, it's not scenario. it's not Roy Williams coaching against him anymore, but uh, you know, still UNC Duke. That's going to be a great game. Uh, they're one and one on the season, both one on the road. Kind of weird. Neither home team won this year, so we'll settle it on neutral ground down in New Orleans. Um, I think Duke probably wins, uh, but I would not be surprised if North Carolina goes in there and takes care of business. Yeah, this is like one of those classic revenge spots for a team like Duke. And I mean, you could you could probably I mean, I think it's pretty tough to argue that Duke has had the toughest road to this point in the tournament. But now they now, now it could suffer for, you know, this like I think outside of the first seed, this is the highest seed they've played. Yeah. Yeah. Outside, what, I mean, they... outside of their first round matchup, they because then they played Michigan State. Which was a seven, and yep. then Texas you Tech, which who was a three, yep, and then Arkansas, who was a four. Yeah, so this is like, 
you know, we just talked about uh, UNC being underseeded, but this is, you know, by the seeding goes, it's their second easiest game of the tournament, and it's in the Final Four. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting. On the other hand, you've had um UNC had to play uh took down number 1 Baylor, uh beat Marquette uh in the 8-9 and then um UCLA, what was UCLA? UCLA was a they were 4 seed. 4 seed. And then yeah, obviously St. Peter's they took out a 15 seed, but you know, toughest 15 seed we've seen in a long time, if if not ever, um, it literally ever. Yeah, yeah, ever. They uh. So I mean, all all tough teams to play, but th- this is going to be a good one. That's going to be one of those classic March Madness games you look back on. Um, yeah, I hope it is. I mean, that, that four. It's my, Duke minus four right now. It's kind of a fuck you number for a game that everyone's expecting to be close. Um, yeah, I don't like that number. That's I don't like, like that the, number. That's like the equivalent of like hit three and a half in football or th- or two and a half. Yes. Because you get it's that situation where, you know, Duke is up by a possession and North Carolina has the ball and they miss and then they have to foul. And then it's like, does Duke make the free throws to cover or not? And does North Carolina make a garbage bucket to cover or not? You know, like right. they're, down, they're down five with three seconds left. They're not going to win. But like, does Duke let them go for a layup and they – get then they lose by three you know and then they cover so it's like that four point thing is right there because it's right on the line of where of a one possession game you know right yeah that is it's a shit number i don't don't like it at all the um and villanova kansas same thing it's four and a half so it's essentially the same line you know yeah same in terms of how it breaks down situationally at the end of the game it's the same line no, it is. I I think um like I don't like Duke honestly. I I kind of I hope they lose. But I mean it would be cool for a guy like Coach K to go out on top winning a Natty in his last year. It would um, be cool. It would be cool. I mean, he's he's the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Like it's not even not even a conversation. No, it's not close. Um and I, I don't I don't really like I get why people hate Duke. I've never been one and I don't have any rooting interest in Duke North Carolina. Um, or really anything. I mean, I'm a Syracuse fan, so I guess they're ACC rivals, kind of anything. But I still, <laughs> always, I'll forever think of Syracuse as a Big East team, um, right? As you and should. Syracuse wasn't competitive this year; they didn't make the tournament, so it didn't really matter. But in general, I've always kind of rooted for Coach K. You know, I've always, you know, he's been with USA Basketball. He's kind of, I don't know. I just feel like he's. How could you hate Coach K? Um, he's like, it's like a Red Sox fan hating Derek Jeter. Like you hate him, but like you respect him, you know? Right. So I don't know. I've always, I've always, I'm never like rooting for Duke, but in, in a situation where I have no rooting interest that will like kind of tip the scale for me to be like, yeah, I'll root for Duke. You know, like I'd rather Duke win than North Carolina, but I don't, I could not care less if Duke loses, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I totally get that. The, uh. Yeah, it would be a cool story. I mean, that would be. Yeah, this year it's it's the the tipping scale is the cool story. That's why I'd root for Duke yeah. this year. If it was if Coach K had five more years left and Roy Williams was coaching his last game, I'd be rooting for North Carolina. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're rooting for the story. Um, the other game, so uh, number two Villanova, number one Kansas. Um, Kansas, you just said four and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, both these games are great, great games. Um, but this is, I think this is the better of the two games, probably. Yeah, it very well could be. I mean, these are 
Yeah, I mean, overall, this 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 uh, final four is a wet dream for the the NCAA for college. Oh my basketball. god, it's all blue bloods. Villanova, not yet. It, it, it's right. three for sure blue bloods. The five blue bloods in college basketball are Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, right. Kentucky, and UCLA. That's right. like the five, and then you have a group of like three or four schools that are really knocking on the door. Villanova being one of them, mm-hmm. UConn being another. Uh, maybe someone like Louisville. But even then, it, them is kind of like low. I'd say Villanova and UConn are the closest to being blue bloods, without being blue bloods. Um, right. And it's really just because of their they've had so many like down years. Like UConn just came out of a really bad stretch. You know they were. Oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. After years. after those two national championships, they yeah they were. Yeah, basically after Calhoun retired, and and UConn's all their success has been with one coach, whereas Villanova at least has had seen. National championships with multiple coaches and success with multiple coaches. Right. Um, so I think they're the closest to a blue blood and not quite there yet, but really knocking on the door. Um, and in in terms of the last five seven years, I mean, who who's had more success in Villanova? Nobody. Nobody. They've yeah. Two, new two national titles, a couple Final Fours. They you know they a couple other Final Fours. You know, so they're they're really you can't be and they've been able to keep some guys around a while. So like. They really, they, they've been, like, fan bases have been able to, even generalized college basketball fans have been able to ke- connect with that school because they have guys like, you know, Connor Gillespie who's been here for, you know, 19 years. Dante DiVincenzo was there for three years. And all of these guys that, you know, they kind of are there for uh, at least two or three years. Um, so, they, you know, it's a, it's a wet dream for the, for the NCAA in college basketball. Best case scenario. Yeah, absolutely. The, um... I'll tell you one thing I like in the Villanova Kansas game is under 133. I think that it's going to be a super low scoring game. Those defenses are insane. I mean, yeah. Villanova's defense had what and Villanova they held, lost they, one of its best scores. Yes. What's his yeah, name? that's uh, and they were uh, fuck what's his name? Um and, Williams something? M- sorry, yeah, Williams. I'm so bad with I'm so bad with names, but I know. Yeah, yeah he hurt his like, ankle. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, or no, Achilles. He's done. I think uh, it was Achilles. He's whatever it is. He's fucking like done, done. It's oh, like so done. That's um, awful. Yeah, it's terrible. But but, but they, I mean they, they hold short rotation anyways. They run like a six or seven man rotation to begin with. So they lose yeah. the rotation guy and they're fucked. You know they have, mean, the only way they win this game to me is if they have they get some unreal performance from like Gillespie or something. I'm talking like thirty plus points. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna need to because I mean, but they they hold teams so low. I mean. Houston, who was a high-scoring offense, I mean, they were dropping 86, 82, 72, 68, 84, 71. They're they're a pretty high-scoring team. They held Houston to 44 points. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's same thing. Same thing with Michigan. Yeah, same thing with Michigan. They held them to 55. Ohio State to 61. Um, Delaware put up the most points this tournament against them. Delaware put up 60 on them. Like <laughs> it's insane. They well, I guess OSU did, but that's gonna be a good game. Obviously, I think at this point for me, Kansas is probably um my winner at this point. If I had to if I had to pick from these four, I'd say Kansas. Um, you know, we, we kinda thought a couple weeks ago we'd be seeing Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, and maybe Duke here. And then- <laughs> Yeah, I mean you you, you like Kansas has kind of flown under the radar the whole time. I mean, yep. they got a little help with their path. I mean, they really only had to play Providence as yes. like a major, you know, team against them. And 
a lot of people were iffy on Providence to begin with this year, um, you know, calling them more of a regular season team type thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're they good. You know, there's a reason they're a one seed. They're, they're good every year. Um, Bill Self is a fantastic coach. They have a lot of talent. And, you know, they, they've kind of just gone under the radar. No one's really picking them until no one's really noticed them until now. I haven't heard anyone talk about Kansas. Yeah, no one's been talking about Kansas. Fucking two days ago. Nope. And, and as these um, and if they and Villanova didn't have that injury, I bet people wouldn't even be picking Kansas in this game. I wouldn't be. I'm picking them now, but I wouldn't be with that without that Villanova injury. You know, I mean, and I'm I'm picking. I stand to win a lot of money at Villanova. All I need to do to win my bracket is Villanova to go to the final, go to the championship. So oh, really? No one, no one picked the winner in our bracket. No, oh. no one picked any of these teams to win it in the in the bracket. It's a small bracket uh, or small group. Um, so I, you know, I'm I'm down for Villanova to win it, but you know. <laughs> It doesn't. It does. I just it think Kansas is going to take it. It doesn't look good. I. Uh, funny you should say that. I've had no teams left in one of my brackets for the last two rounds. After the round of uh, nice. sixteen, I had no teams nice. left. It was really. Uh, it was really yeah, upset. I, I had one. I think I did three this year, and I, one of them I had Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Airs. Kentucky beating Arizona in the finals. So that was a that was a fun one to turn yeah. over the money. Yeah, I just watched. Instantly. <laughs> I I think one of them my final four was like Baylor, Providence, um, Baylor, Providence. I had another a lower seed getting there too. Um, LSU that was a popular LSU one. yes LSU yeah. I had LSU and then there was um and maybe. Maybe another one of the one seeds, but yeah, it might have been Arizona, whatever, whatever one seed was in the fourth region there. And it, yeah, obviously all those teams were out by the round of eight. So it was pretty upsetting. It was, it was pretty upsetting, but what are you going to do? I mean, the first round I did great. Had like 98% through the first round and then everything fell to shit. After that, I couldn't, I didn't predict a single game right. Oh, it was very yeah, right. Bad. That's that's always the worst when you have like a fire first two rounds or first round. You just go and just rally them off, especially because it's like not against the spread and you're picking upsets and everything. Right, and then you just you you realize you were too eager. You had a, you had an upset going too far, and it, yeah, it's just it, it's tough. Exactly. I wonder if anybody had St. Peter's getting as far as they did. There's got to be at least one uh, person. Yeah, like, a parent of someone on St. Peter's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, all those people every year that, you know, who pick the the 15 seed to go whatever, the 12 seed to go to the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. they – yeah, everyone's like, oh, my God, you picked that. And then you look at the rest of their bracket, and it's like they have fucking UW-Milwaukee UW on the other side. And it's like, okay, <laughs> well, you actually are just a fucking idiot who lucked into <laughs> yeah, picking yeah, you, the you one, just like, all underdog that was going to – yeah, exactly. So it's like – yeah, they had this crazy. Oh yeah, they got St. Peter's in the Final Four, and they have no other Final Four teams, you know, or in the Elite Eight, and they have they're one for eight in the Elite Eight, and it's St. Peter's, you know. Yeah. So it's I always find that funny when people are like, <laughs> yeah, oh, the guy picked him in the Elite. Eight. Yeah, okay, it was the only fucking game he picked the whole tournament. Yeah. Two hundred fifty <laughs> games. Congratulations. Uh, um, sticking with basketball though, let's talk about the NBA. The East got close real quick. We've got uh. 
Miami in first as of today, but tomorrow they play Boston. Um, Philly and Milwaukee and Boston all one game out of first. Um, so obviously with this next game, um, if the Celtics win, they will move to first bump Miami um, with five games left in the season. But we've got some head-to-heads here. So at least for the Celtics, they have to play Chicago, Milwaukee, Miami, um, and then Memphis. Um, Memphis and one more team. Um, oh, the Pacers. So they out of their last six games of playing five playoff teams, two of which they will be fighting for first place with. Um, the East is going to come right down to this last game, I think. Yeah, the, the East is. I mean, the East has been this way all year. It's just been a constant jostling for position. Uh, I mean, even now you look at like po- it's it's more separated by pockets now, where it's like you know the top four teams are separated by two games, the middle four teams are separated by two games, and the last four teams are separated by right. three teams are separated by whatever. Um, so it, it's a uh, it. it it's just crazy. The Celtics, after like they struggled so much, they really started just off like nineteen and like twenty two or something like that, yeah, and then I just have we played you in like it must have been like early December or late somewhere around December, somewhere in December, and you know we were both in the teens. You know, mm-hmm. we were both whatever it was, we both had the same record, the Knicks and the Celtics. It was yes. like they were both seventeen and seventeen or something, or eighteen and eighteen. Um, and it's just been you know a tale of two cities since then. Yeah, I mean, we took a big hit this week, though. Rob Williams going down. That is going to be hurt. With I a mean, meniscus tear. That's He's going to be out. The surgery option he's going with is going to leave him out um, six to eight weeks. So oh, I didn't they make hear a, the timeline yet. I yeah, didn't know he was having surgery. Yeah, okay. they, make a, they make a deep run. He could be back. But he has been a, such a massive part of the success that they've had. He, he could be defensive player of the year. I mean, this dude yeah, is unbelievable. He's, he's like your Mitchell Robinson. He's you don't like he, you don't notice it unless you watch the games how much he right. means to the, that to that team. Um, you know, obviously you see his you know his blocks and his rebounds and all that stuff. Like that's one thing, but a guy like that is his impact goes so much further than what you can tell from a box score. Right. I mean, we've got um, we do have um, a couple. A couple guys though now though we do have Horford we do have Tice back, um, so we have you know some players who have been in this system before who have made playoff runs with us, who can play the five. So it's it's not like we're out. We don't have anybody. Obviously, you'd rather have <laughs> you know Rob Williams out there, but yeah, even if just just for depth purposes, you know, right, right. I mean, it's been. It's been pretty crazy though. Tatum and Brown have been going off. Marcus Smart's back. He looks great. Um, but yeah, losing losing Williams is that that's that's tough. I mean, uh, Brown and Tatum this season together are averaging fifty points a game. So it's you're going to do pretty good if you've got if you've got your top two guys combining for that. And then you know Smart um, as usual. You know, averaging twelve and five, twelve uh five assists. But Williams, I mean let's see, Williams. Williams is average averaging ten ten points, nine nine rebounds and two blocks a game. <laughs> like absolute monster. Yeah. Absolute monster. But he uh 
you know, I I think they can still I think they can still make a deep run at this. They've made every time they've had a a, a strong finish to the season, they've ended up having someone get hurt, like going all the way back to two thousand eight. Like they've yeah. always had someone, a key player, get hurt before the playoff run, um, and they usually make it work. And at this point, um, I'm not really worried about. I mean, obviously every team in the East is competitive, but I'm not worried about it years past. Where like we know if we play. Brooklyn, or we know if we play um, the Bucks, we, we're going to get blown out. I'm yeah, not worried about like that. The, Brooklyn's the gun, or Brooklyn, Brooklyn's the bullet in the Russian roulette gun right now. On that, in the East, because someone yeah. in the top four is getting them. You know, yeah. one of the either the obviously the the it's going to be they're going to be the seven or the eight seed if they make the playoffs of the Nets. But mm-hmm. it, depending on with everyone, the top four, the Heat, Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics separated by one game. It's any of those four teams could end up playing the Nets in the seven or eight spot, depending on how everything breaks out. And that's yeah. a real t- like when you're looking at it and you're saying, "I could we, we could play the Nets or we could play the Cavs." That's a big fucking difference. <laughs> yeah, know? or even or even like in these playing games, like right now the playing games are Atlanta and Cleveland and Brooklyn and Charlotte. Like I'm not putting it past Brooklyn to lose to Charlotte. No, they lost to Charlotte the other day. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not yesterday or two days. Yeah, ago. Charlotte, Charlotte at balls home. out. It, yeah, it was it was Kyrie's first yeah, game back. I was gonna say with Kyrie, like, we don't have to worry about that. Could not have been anymore. a more perfect situation for the Nets, and they fucking lost. Yeah, that's the the thing is too. They've had so long without Kyrie. Obviously, they're a better team with Kyrie on the floor, but yeah, chemistry wise, are they? They've played so much of the season without him. It's like it's like when you trade for that big player and then he comes in and then it just doesn't work out like you wanted it to. Like, yeah, I, it just doesn't quite fit. I mean, has he even been able to practice with the team up until this point when they're at home? No, dude, he's not even allowed in the building. I That's mean, he so, wasn't for a while. He wasn't. Well, then for he was a while. allowed in the building, but wasn't allowed on the floor, which is stupid. Yeah, and then and and then they find him for going in the locker room at halftime. Yeah, because that's crazy. what it is. It's he, he he was allowed in the building. He wasn't allowed in the practice facility because that's like considered office space. Um, but they they find him because he went in the in the locker room, which is considered office space for a private company. So that, but he was fine in the hallway outside the locker room. He just couldn't go in the locker room or sitting courtside right behind the bench, like totally fine. Yeah, yeah, that totally was fine. fine. Yeah, he he was so close he could have called plays, but he he was fucking not allowed to yeah it's that whole debacle was crazy i'm I'm glad that that's resolved i'm glad that that's resolved but i mean it's good that they have this little bit of runway you know they get 10 11 games with him uh fully back they just got i they just got to hope that they don't they got to take advantage of it you know you got to hope that there's no more injuries or anything you know because even at this point if if Duran or Kyrie misses, you know whatever you know they bump their knee and it's the soreness they miss two three games that's that's big you know Mm-hmm. You know, it's not big in the grand scheme of things necessarily, like when you look at it, but you know, that, that when you only have 10 games to create chemistry again for what you believe should be a title run, that's big. Right. I mean, is... and also let's not, let's not forget if they have to play Toronto in the play in, which is possible, they, Kyrie can't play in Toronto. Kyrie can't play in Canada. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> That's still that's still a thing. Jesus, that's so crazy. So it's like, and they wouldn't be the home team either. They would be so they're they've got Kyrie for a max three games. Yeah. Well, that's... no, in the play in, they'd have play in. There's a world where I mean, 
you know, obviously these standings are, there's still a lot could be juggled around, but given, you know, the Raptors are sixth right now, the Nets are eighth. There's a world where Brooklyn has to travel to Toronto for a one game playoff. Jesus. Dude, that would be crazy if they had to do that in Kyrie. <laughs> that would be crazy. I know. Nuts. And then they'd just have Durant. Yeah, because Simmons isn't playing yet either, is he? No, he's not going to play this year. There's no, no way at this point. Yeah. Or why would you? You know. Yeah. You're trying to incorporate, you know, Kyrie back into things just to get that rolling, but now you're talking about Simmons, who like, say what you want about Ben Simmons, he's not someone that's easily integrated into an offense. He's no. not plug and play. No, Especially, no, not like, at all. If you had no point guard like if you were the Knicks where you have no real viable point guard that's a different story but the Nets have a top five point guard in the NBA right and a point guard who can score and shoot the ball exactly like you have yeah so he's talked about it before like there's there's you know Drummond has become such a big part of this team that and him and him and Simmons are a nightmare together on the floor mm because neither of them can space the floor neither of them can shoot no Um, uh, you know, Simmons it's and Simmons is rebounding at the guard skill is another thing that Drummond just takes away. You know, Drummond's a, a monster on the boards, but you know, it takes away one of Simmons' big skills. So I don't know. I think it, I think it's even if he's healthy, which clearly I mean, who the fuck knows if he's healthy? He's not he's he's fucked up in the head whether it's legitimate or not, you know. Um so he he, he ain't playing this year. I don't know no. why he would. So Yeah, I don't either. That you're right, that wouldn't work. The um the the Western Conference though it's so crazy how different it is from the top to the bottom. I mean, you have the yeah. the best two records in the NBA with the Suns and the Grizzlies, and the Suns head and shoulders above everybody else, eight and a half games ahead of the Grizzlies. But then you have the Lakers who are right yeah, now the Suns in are gonna win like sixty eight games, sixty seven games. Yeah, it's so crazy. And then you have the Lakers who are in the play in spot right now are thirty one and forty three. That's a playoff team in the Western Conference right now. 31 and yeah. 43. Even the 8 seed is 36 the are, and 39. The Knicks, are in 11, the Knicks are in 11th and they're three games better than the Lakers who are in the 10th spot. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the Knicks would be, they'd still be in a play-in in the Western Conference, but they'd be in a play-in. The Knicks would be the ninth seed in the Western Conference right now. They're the 11th seed in the yeah. East. It's so crazy. The um, I mean, it's just so different now. I mean, the Suns obviously defending champ. No, they did not win last year. No, the Bucks. Right, so they lost. So the Suns, I mean, finals. Defending Western Conference champs. Yeah, defending Western Conference champs. Um, And the Grizzlies out of nowhere this year. And then, you know, you've got your Golden States. We got Utah and Denver. The Grizzlies are kind of like the Suns of last year. Yes. They were just, everyone didn't expect it to happen. They kind of happened, and they're just, they're actually legit, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, John Morant is out of his yeah, mind. And I think there's like, more talent in the way this year for the Grizzlies than the Suns had last year. You know, obviously, like, the Suns, I mean, the Suns had an impressive win over the Lakers in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. The Jazz were a lot better last year. But, I mean, now you got the Warriors back this year. The Mavericks are no joke since the trade deadline. The Suns are even better than they were last year. And, actually, Paul George just came, is coming back tonight for the Clippers, so they're no longer completely incompetent. They have a star back. And and look out for the Clippers, man. Kawhi Kawhi could make a return in the playoffs. I mean, that's enough. They're like the Nets in the East. You know, you all of a sudden you go from a team that's competing with you know in the seven eight seed range with 
with uh without Kawhi without their two best players, and now you get them back. I mean, you give Paul George gets a little runway, but Kawhi doesn't exactly seem like a guy who has trouble like kind of getting back into things. I think he'll be ready to go as soon as he steps on the court. Right. What did he? What was his injury again? ACL. ACL. It right. Right. A right. Full tear. Right. But he missed so, the entire season. He hasn't played yes. at all this season. Correct. He has not played at all. Um. So it'll be interesting, but I, I they I was reading up on it because I I peppered a little bit um at uh, just after the All Star break on the on the Clippers to win the championship. I just put like ten ten or fifteen bucks on it because it was plus ten thousand. <laughs> so that's what ten for a thousand right there. Yeah. So so I was like, dude, why not? Like, they, and I looked into it, and it was like, well, Paul George definitely going to be back by the playoffs. And here he is coming back tonight with, you know, eight, ten games left. And they said basically if Kawhi, like if they make it into the playoffs and like get a maybe a first round win, like it's very likely that Kawhi comes back. You know, if they if they see some like kind of hope and light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Why not? You know, if they can if they get into if they get into, you know, like the seven seed or something and they defeat Memphis in the first round, which isn't insane to think about. Why not? You know, because then you have then you going up against what the the Jazz or the Nuggets in the second round, mm-hmm. and, and then okay, well that's that's a series we can win with with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm well, taking wouldn't them. they have to play? Wouldn't they play the Suns most likely in no, the first they, round? If they made it well, if they made it as the eight seed, yes, if right. They made it as a seven, but if they you know made it to the seven into the seven seed as the through the play-in tournament, which they could. If they go into the play-in tournament as the eight seed, they could come into the playoffs as the seven Right, because if they win and the Lakers win, or if they win in New Orleans If they, win, they beat the right. Timberwolves in the, in the, in the play-in. Um, so it's very possible they could come into the seven seed despite not being able to – They can't. there's no way they can catch the Timberwolves in the standings. I mean, I think they're, what, six and a half back with – Seven and a half back with like eight to play. So there's yeah. there's no way they can catch the Timberwolves. I'm just but, looking. It's so crazy. The Lakers are 29 and a half games out of first, and they're still going to make the playoffs. Fucking, they're it's, still going to make not, the playoffs. Dude, they're not going to make. They're not going to make the play-in. Their their fucking schedule is unreal. The last eight games. It take, we were we were going. Oh, over this Mavs, they, Mavs, they could Jazz, go legit like Pelicans, one and seven. Nuggets. They play every playoff team except for the one of the games against the Thunder. Yeah. And people were talking about like, oh, it could be like you could get some like letdown games against the Suns. It's like, well, yeah, the Suns will have walked away with the conference at that point, but it's also a national television game and it's also in Phoenix. So yeah, good luck getting Phoenix to lie down in that one. And the Warriors are playing the Warriors on TNT. Uh, yep. The seventh, yeah, and then I mean that last game against the Nuggets. The Nuggets are going to be fighting for position too. The yeah. Nuggets I mean, are there's, there's, uh, Nuggets uh, are two games out of a playing spot. Five hundred for sure. But oh, there's a very real possibility they could go one and eight or they're one and seven or two and six. They can't. Eat, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy they could win out and not even be close to being a five hundred team on the year. Like no, no, not even close. And that's with LeBron averaging thirty points a game. Yeah, LeBron having one of the best scoring years of his careers. It's insane. Who? Okay, so who? Give me who you think are going to be in each of the conference finals. We'll do the Western first. 
I'm I, I I've made this pick at the beginning of the year. I was asked at the All Star break. I'm keep I kept it then, and I'm gonna keep it now. I got. Yeah. Let's hear I it. The, I got the uh, I got the Golden State Warriors defeating the Milwaukee Bucks in six games. It's my pick Damn. from the start of the season, and I'm I was waiting for the Clippers. I was wait- I got to remember what you said, so I was waiting for the Clippers. That's why I was laughing. No. So, I, would, I would very much, given the bet that I made, I would very much like the Clippers to win. Yeah. <laughs> win the NBA <laughs> championship. So you have so Warriors over the Bucks. Okay, Warriors over the Bucks in six. Okay, I have – let's see, let's see. You know who I want to pick, and it's not that – the Eastern Conference is just so tough to decide. Um, Realistically, I think we're looking at uh, a Bucks um suns matchup again. But I'm going to go – I'm going to go a little bit against that, and I'm going to say um, – I'm going to say uh, sleeper in the West – I'm going to say uh, Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas pulls it together, gets there, puts together a nice playoff run. They've had some decent playoff wow. runs the last couple years. Luka, as always, playing out of his mind. What is he averaging? 27, almost 28 points a game. Um, 28, 9, and 8. <laughs> He's averaging this year. And one steal. And the only category he doesn't lead the team in his blocks. I mean, Luka Doncic is... It's crazy because he's on the Mavs, so we don't. He doesn't get like the credit I feel like he deserves. But he is going to be like the best player of his generation. He's so good all around. He's insane. He's Just insane. Head and shoulders above everybody else as an all around player. There, like I, I, I was on Twitter the other day, and it like it baffles me to this day because Twitter's such. It's so everyone just fucking watches the box scores and the highlights. It. It is astonishing to me that there are people that think they are of sound mind. And have the opinion that the Mavericks didn't fleece the Hawks in that trade for Trey Young. Fleeced them. Oh, yeah. And that's knowing they gave up a first-round pick. Because the uh, Hawks used it on fucking someone that isn't great. I I forget who. I can't remember if it was Cam Reddish or someone. But it was, like, not a guy that's, you know, a game-changer for them. Yeah. Whatever it is. I don't care if it's fucking, you know, they drafted John Collins with that pick. I know they didn't, but even if they did, Trey Young, John Collins, guess, or Luka Doncic, guess who I'm taking? Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, any day. I would kill to have Luka on my team. Um, yeah, he's a, he's someone you, you get and your franchise is instantly turned around. He's like yes. fucking signing a star quarterback in the NFL. That doesn't, I mean, look at the Hawks. Everyone's like, oh, the Hawks went to the fucking Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, okay. They got... Uh, Trey Young caught heat for fucking five games. They had a they had a pretty easy first round matchup, and then the Sixers always choke in the playoffs. It's like okay, great. And now what are they this year? They're the ten seed gripping on to life in the playoffs, like in the play in game in normal yeah. NBA playoffs. They don't even make the playoffs, and we're talking no. about Trey Young. Like, look at what fucking Luca's done with literally zero other stars. Was yeah, with nothing. Luca's the team, and he's hey, who's he's the, the second best it. player? I mean. Porzingis was, I guess, by default, the second best player. And I guess, who, but he was trash. And I guess you could say Spencer Dinwiddie's their second best player now. But outside yeah. that, who's his next best player? Tim Hardaway Jr.? Or Brunson? garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and re, re, he, play, he plays the same position as him. So he's not even on the floor with him. Like, yeah. it, it's just what Luke has done for that franchise is insane. If they can get a, a legitimate 
wing scorer, like a legitimate wing star, two-way wing player, you know, like someone like a Paul George quality or Kawhi or, you know, someone who is truly a two-way wing scorer, they're, they're going to be insane. They don't need a third star. They just need to build really good role players that fill roles, play defense, three, a couple of 3 and D guys, a couple of rim protectors, and high-energy mm-hmm. guys off the bench. That team's going to be a fucking title contender for 10 years. Yeah. Because Luca's still like, what is he? He's like 14 years old still. <laughs> yeah, literally. He's younger than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's what? Luca is... I think he's 23. He's Might 23. Be 22. He was born in 1999. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I how I feel about Tatum, though, too. Tatum's that age. <laughs> what would you say? I said I have, like, vivid memories. <laughs> no, it's so true. I'm trying to think... Um. I think Tatum, no, Tatum was 98. Tatum was 98. And then, yeah. Yeah, T- Tatum was 98. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. Luca, yeah, Luca's still one of the youngest players in the league. And he's been in the league for three years Same. and has been dominating the league for three he's years. He's going to be an MVP candidate for the next 14 years. Yeah. Like, yeah, and and this is with him like kind of struggling from shoot. He's had a down shooting year. If he can learn, but he he take he does. He's kind of like Harden. He takes a lot of bad shots, not like bad shots, but bad shots like kind of yeah. fadeaway threes and off the dribble. You know, hand in his face, shit. You know, he's a good oh he's a good shooter. He's a good open shooter. But like when he learns to kind of harness that, if he brings his his three point percentage back up to thirty four thirty five percent, I mean, it's unreal. The guy's going to be a triple double machine. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages a triple double at some point in his career. But oh no, it, not at all. He'll do it in a way to win, you know, not like Westbrook, who does it in a way that doesn't translate into wins. And I know everyone's like, oh, win seventy percent of games when you as a triple double. Shut the fuck up. What is, Russell Westbrook hasn't won shit in his life, and he's averaged a triple double like three times. <laughs> it's funny to see how bad he is now. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, <laughs> Just, it's because I mean, all he he's lost his athleticism. He's, yeah. he's he's no longer the most athletic guy in the league, and that was his only real skill. That was his only elite skill. He's not an elite distributor. He's certainly not. I mean, he's statistically, by advanced statistics, he's the worst shooter. He's the worst shooting guard in NBA history. <laughs> like that's uh, not even that's not even <laughs> like with, when you do all those like true shooting percentages and fucking. Right. Effective field goal range. He's uh, over a certain threshold of like guards who have taken, <laughs> who have taken this many threes and this many jump shots and and this many shots total. He's the worst shooting guard in the history of the NBA <laughs> since they've been practicing all this shit. That's so it's, crazy. It's astonishing. It's so and crazy. And he still shoots eight fucking threes a game. Yeah. No one tells him. And I'm, well, I mean, I'm sure people tell him, but he's you know he's Russell Westbrook. He doesn't matter. He does his shit his way and gonna do what whatever. he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He does whatever he wants and except win a fucking title. Yeah. Well, uh, we but my like Westbrook would be we never no we were always like he never he's never going to win a title as the star player. We said that from day 1, but we always kind of thought okay, if he can learn to like be that sidekick, he can he can do it as like a, the third option. And that's what he is this year and it's fucking worse than ever. Yep, it is. It is worse than ever. <laughs> he is awful. Awful. Um but my my Eastern team to take it back. Um, so I had the Mavs, little little sleeper Mavs. But I have the Bucks coming out of the East, even though we all know that the Celtics going to win the East. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but the um, I'm going to say the Bucks, and I'm going to say the Bucks go back to back, and they uh, 
they, they I don't beat hate the Mavs. I don't hate it. I mean, listen, everyone's everyone's talking about everyone but the Bucks. The Bucks are just kind of cruising along, no yep. drama. Got the team chemistry. They've been there before. They they know what how to win. It's all those like that monkeys off their back. They're just letting everyone blah 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 talk about the Nets, talk about the Heat. Everyone's doing everything. James Harden in Philadelphia, and the Bucks are just sitting back, winning ball games, and ready to go. And, and they've obviously had injuries this year. The the big three is hasn't played together that much. I think. I mean, I think, you know, obviously a decent amount, but like not you know seventy five games or whatever. No, they've only they've, played the the most. The person who's played the most games on the team is. Of those is Giannis, and he's played sixty-one. Yeah. So what? And they've probably played what seventy-five games this year. Yeah. Seventy-four games this year. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And I know Middleton missed a whole bunch of time. I remember like the All Star break. They were like, you know, they they had barely played together, but the big th- they were like kind of in middling out, like not doing that great as a team or like below expectations. But then you look at they were like sixteen and three when the big three played together. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. They were just destroying teams when those three guys were on the floor together. So yeah. I, I think I think they're just trying to get healthy. Um, I don't think they care where there are as long as they're in the top four, they'll be fine. Um, which is pretty much a lock at this point. I think they'd have to. You know, the Bulls are three and a half back, so with seven to play, so it's pretty pretty tough to catch that a team like the Bucks. But yeah, I love the Bucks in the finals this year. I think that I think they're going to pretty easily get there. Um, but you never know. I mean, maybe people want to be right about the Nets. Maybe they'll figure it out and the talent will win out. Who knows? Maybe, but hopefully not. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week. We'll preview the Masters. We'll talk about the National Championship. Um, we'll have you know some more NBA playoff talk possibilities going on as the season comes to a close. Um, but that is going to do it for this week. In the meantime, go rate and subscribe uh, to the podcast. Follow us on the socials at BleacherFan, at BleacherBanter, and check out the store at BleacherFan.com, and we'll be back next week.